1: nerdly on 77 wabc the crown jewel of american radio
2: and welcome to your thursday indeed it is james golden with you aka boss nerdly listen if you'd like to be part of today's program all you have to do pick up your telephone dial us at 800-848-wabc 800 848 and there is so much in the news it is overflowing Of course, one of the big stories today, Elon Musk made his move. He's offered to buy Twitter outright, $41.3 billion. He says his offer is best and final. Already, uh, objections are coming in from some of the other stakeholders in Twitter. Nope, not enough. You're going to have to raise it if you want it. And if you raise it, uh, especially one Saudi investor indicated that he will take this seriously, and we shall see what happens. There is also news in the violence front in New York. Of course, you know the subway shooter is in jail. And for a change, it looks like he's not, a criminal's not going to get bail in New York. What do you know? Strange things happening. Strange things happening. And we have learned more about the hatred that was carried by this shooter racial hatred. For decades, apparently. Eric Adams has spoken out. He's challenging BLM, Black Lives Matter. After a series of shootings in New York that left black victims dead. That was yesterday. String of shootings, Bronx and Brooklyn. Three people dead, 13 others injured. Adams says, where are all those who stated... Black Lives Matter. do an analysis of who was killed or shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders and my commanders my my commanders in the Bronx and in Brooklyn. The victims were black. The lives of these black children that are dying every night matter. We can't be hypocrites. Oh, yes, you can. You've been hypocrites for decades. Why would you stop now? And you see the kind of anger that the subway shooter Frank James has said spread out throughout the culture. And I've talked about this on the show here. And most, the, a rare voice, I suppose, because I don't hear many other people addressing this, the racism that has now fomented in many, some sectors of black communities against whites. This is the result of, see, a lot of people think that. Critical race theory is new. It's not new. It's been around in other forms. There have been people preaching anti-white rhetoric in black communities for years, for decades. And it's whitey this, whitey that, other words about, you know, and and it's blaming the state of black Americans all on white people, which is ludicrous. There is no questions that our country's origins with slavery had an impact that lasts even to this current day in the in the psychology of people. There's I mean, people for instance think when they and, and this is something that I found troubling in a way, you know, when people raise slavery, it's like, oh no, not this again. You so you raise the issue of slavery in America and its impact. Oh no, I don't want to hear that again. But the deal is that, and they say, why are you bringing up something that happened 300 years ago? Because it didn't happen 300 years ago. Because the last slaves in this country died out in the 1930s within reach of the baby boom generation. And the impacts of that evil institution are still showing themselves through culture through today. But there's also something else. There's also the fact that you can look at other black cultures who have endured slavery, for instance, those who came from the Caribbean, and you see a very different attitude than you do in the United States toward education, toward entrepreneurship, toward not being a victim of self-pride, and those things are absent in some quarters, not all by any stretch of the imagination, in New York, and then you have this racial hatred that has been fomenting by basically liberals. And you see it, you see it evidenced by this business of white privilege and 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 all this talk about systematic racism. Now, I don't deny that there's systematic racism. All you have to do is look at New York's Board of Education. All you have to do is go to any blue city in the world and see how children in those cities run by Democrats are not being educated and where criminality and all sorts of things are allowed to flourish in the hood. So yeah, there's systematic racism and the oppressors are Democrats for the most part, but that's not the narrative. So you get this guy, Frank James spews all this racial hate, goes on a, a, a shooting spree and people act, some people act like they're surprised., <gasps> how could this happen? Well, for years and years and decades and decades, there has been a racism that has been allowed to flourish in sectors of the black community that blame white people for everything that blame and in some cases, you have seen this, and I heard Dominic Carter, our own Dominic Carter, addressing us that he didn't understand why these attacks on Asian Americans are happening. They're happening because people, ignorant people, are walking around with their hate, in my view. And Dominic, by the way, knows full well, and he's explained so many things so very well about what's going on in this city and beyond. So Mayor Adams finally addresses it You do an analysis of who was killed or shot last night. I was up all night speaking to my commanders in Bronx and Brooklyn. The victims were all black. Well, go to Chicago. This happens every weekend. Go to Detroit. Go to Atlanta. Go to South Central L.A. Go to any blue city, and this is not uncommon, which is why I continue to say, This will never be changed by more legislation. For you liberals, breaking news murder is already illegal. Breaking news gun ownership, illegal guns, are still illegal and they're illegal. That means even if you write another law that says they're illegal, what is that? Now they're illegal squared, illegal to the fourth power. They're illegal. The problem isn't the guns. The problem isn't the ammunition. The problem isn't race. The problem is a spiritually and morally deficient mindset that has been allowed to take hold in certain communities in this nation unchecked. And until it is called out for what it is, And until it is addressed for what it is, it will not change. Where where are black lives matter? Where are black lives matter when almost a million infants around this country are killed in the womb? Where are black lives matter? Where were they when Planned Parenthood was harvesting baby parts, primarily human baby parts, primarily from black kids? Where would Black Lives Matter then? Where are Black Lives Matter when black-on-black violence hits every city in America, run by Democrats every single weekend and every single day of every single week? Why Black Lives Matter, the, 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 we know where they are. They're out in a $6 million mansion drinking wine or whatever they're drinking and toasting themselves for being able to pull off the scam. hypocritical the real hypocrites Mayor Adams are your Democrat party so you're almost there in some ways now that you're finally paying attention to what's really going on in the city and you're calling out the racial component of where so much of this violence in New York originates from but why don't you go all the way Go all the way and call it out for what it really is. A lot of it is self-loathing hatred that festers in these communities. And a lot of it is racial animus that is allowed to happen. And a lot of it is a total abrogation of any moral character.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/system.
2: James Golden, WABC Talk Radio, seventy-seven. We are coming back. Later in the show, Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch, joins us. They have been on a roll lately, folks. And we'll get into all of that. Meanwhile, we're also going to take your calls, and there is so much more, so don't dare go away.
1: Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurgli, is on the air, 77 WABC.
2: Smokey. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. One of the amazing composers, also was the vice president of Motown for many years under Barry Gordy's leadership, and then had a very successful career after the Miracles, and the Miracles were together for, I think, close to 30 years. Amazing voice. Smokey Robinson brings us back here on music, well, talk radio, WABC. Music radio is on the weekends, and I like to tease it because it is a wonderful thing. If you're chilling out on the weekends, you can get the best of talk in the morning. I'm here at 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings. After um, I get off on Saturday mornings, Larry Kudlow steps in. But if you stick around all day long on Saturdays, you'll have music radio, and we have so much. Just so much at this radio station. Remember, after the show today, John Katz is on. That's Katz at Night every weekday here on WABC. Let's talk about uh, this business with Twitter for a minute. What is happening now is that there is interest, or there could be interest, as 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 the New York Times says, the, the, the vaunted New York Times, says that uh, Twitter is now looking for a quote-unquote white night. Sounds a little racist to me. But that's okay. They're looking for a white knight to come in and save the day. Because, oh, hell no, they don't want Elon Musk. Elon Musk, you see, believes in free speech. And he's already indicated with his statements today to the press and he's, that he's unhappy with the management at Twitter. Which makes you wonder. I saw a tweet um, earlier today by this, 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 this uh, tweeter that goes by the name of Cat Turd. Yes, that's a real name. And he's trademarked it to Cat Turd. And Cat Turd was wondering how many liberals running around in their Teslers were quite upset today on their way to work, knowing that Elon Musk wants to take their company and turn it back to free speech and not have all of the political censorship that has gone on on that platform. But, as I said, the New York Times is quick to say that... Twitter is now looking for a white knight to come in and save the day. There could be big suitors. Microsoft might come in. They own LinkedIn. Oracle might come in. And there are other companies. Of course, there are some huge hedge, fund, hedge funds in this country that might also be interested in seeing whether they can top the, the uh, offer that was made by Elon Musk. But Elon Musk has done something here that I think is just marvelous. He is really exposed for all to see what kind of what kind of leadership that Twitter has not had over these years. And the very threat that he's making of, hey, I'm going to turn this into a free speech flat because that's what the nation and that's what the world deserves, has liberals with their undies in a bunch. It's hysterical to look at the reaction on Twitter from some of the liberals who are now concerned that their liberal, mostly liberal platform could be threatened. There are a lot of conservatives still on Twitter, by the way. I'm one of them. I'm not, they're not going to chase me off. And I don't have that little blue label because I'm not that blue whatever it is, Mark, because I'm not interested in it, but I'm at Bo Snerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, at Twitter, at Bo Snerdly. Anyway, moving on. Florida. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, has signed a law banning abortion after 15 weeks. And that is without an exception for rape incest human trafficking, none of that. It is straight up, after 15 weeks, there will be no abortions in Florida. Kentucky has today overridden the veto of their Democrat governor and instituted a similar law. No abortions after 15 weeks in the state of Kentucky. There is, in the Hill today, A story, the memo, that is the name of their column. Democrats face nightmare scenario. Biblical disaster, which sounds kind of funny when you're talking about Democrats. Biblical, really? Anyway, inflation, immigration, the war in Ukraine, the still lingering COVID-19 pandemic make for a dreadful political atmosphere for President Biden's party. Dreadful, I say. The problems are compounded by Biden's weak approval numbers and the historical pattern whereby a president's party typically loses seats in the first midterm of his tenure. Some Democrats think a turnaround is possible, or at least that their losses can be kept modest, but others, granted anonymity to speak candidly, are sounding a louder alarm. One Democrat strategist who refused to be named for the article says, I think this is going to be a biblical disaster. This is the reality we are in as Democrats, and no one wants to face it. Uh, Let me add to the news, because today we learned that for the first time since, I think, the 80s, the cost of buying a house now requires you to get a mortgage that is at 5%. Interest rates. Are up. Inflation is up. And what we have seen from this administration, things are going to get worse before they get better. Remember, there is a crisis brewing on the border that will have the potential to bring in 6 million plus illegal immigrants into this country over the next 12 months. And that is going to impact every budget of every municipality where these immigrants are placed. And speaking of where immigrants are placed, the second bus arrived today in Washington, D.C., from Tejas. And Texas Governor Abbott is true to his word. They laughed at him. They mocked at him. They called it a cheap publicity stunt when he said he's going to start busing illegal immigrants up to Washington, D.C. The second bus has now arrived. And Ron DeSantis, by the way, the governor of Florida, has spoken up about that too. He's telling these immigrants, hey, you're on a bus, don't come here. Because it's not going to be a pleasant experience. We're not going to bend over backwards to welcome illegal immigrants into the state of Florida. Now, that may sound mean to some people, but I think people have had it. And in some of these states... American citizens have had it with the lawlessness that these Democrats have now made commonplace business as usual. There is an article to that regard today in BizPack Re- Review. BizPackReview.com. B I Z P A C Review.com. The situation at the border has steadily worsened over Biden's tenure and upcoming policy changes are likely to make things even more chaotic and they talk in this article they're talking about the reversal of the order that Trump used during the covid crisis title 42 right now what we have learned is that the Biden administration is drawing up contingency plans to send veterans administration Doctors. Doctors from the Veterans Administration. Doctors that are supposed to be tending to the health needs of our veterans to the border to help deal with the health problems that may occur from the surge of illegal immigrants and people. For change, Republicans in Congress are outraged. They are demanding answers as to how this could be possible. Now, another story, another reason to be hopeful today, and this to me is great news. GOP, the Republican Party, has voted to withdraw from the Presidential Debate Panel. The Republican National Committee voted Thursday to withdraw from the commission responsible for organizing presidential debates, taking a line from former President Trump, who has repeatedly leveled accusations of anti-Republican bias against the group. As if there is a doubt, anybody that has watched, this is what, what cracks me up about these guys in the left. They pretend in their world that none of this is real. Oh, there goes those Republicans again claiming bias. All you have to do is look at the debates. If you've watched the debates, anyone that has an objective mind can instantly see the bias. You see it with these liberals that are up. You see the way that they kid glove Democrats, and the way that they try to gotcha, 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 knock out the park every Republican that they face. This isn't imaginary stuff. This is real. And by the way, it isn't President Trump. You see, they always say, oh, President Trump is responsible. This has been fomenting in the base of the Republican Party for decades. President Trump is the one who finally verbalized the frustrations that the Republican base has had watching every single presidential debate since Ronald Reagan, or even before. And so finally, the Republican Party says, you know what, enough. We're not going to play along with this charade anymore. We're not going to take part in a debate with this current With this current commission, they're not saying they don't want to debate. But with this current commission in place, no. And they could fix this. They could invite conservative press, print, and electronic to take part in the debate. They could invite talk show hosts. They could invite people from print, the best reporters, let's say, from American Wire News, from BizPack, from Daily Signal, from the Washington Examiner, from the Washington Times, from just the news, the Daily Caller, and so many others. They could bring some of those reporters to the debate, but no, no, no. They want to stick with the liberals like CNN, ABC, NBC, PMSNBC, and others. And now... Thankfully, the RNC has had enough. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. We're coming back. We're going to get to some of your calls. We've got a lot more news, though. So stay with us. Don't go away. Bo knows politics
1: and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC.
2: Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Odyssey brings us back here. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you. Native New Yorker. Wow, this was such an amazing hit, you know, way back when when some of you were wearing platform shoes, bell bottoms, yeah. Anyway, time, ladies and gentlemen, to bring on a person that has done more for the cause than most people will ever know, and we're so pleased to have him on the show, Tom Fitton. He heads an amazing organization, Judicial Watch, and Tom, welcome to the program. How are you? Tom, are you there? Well Here I am. I hit the boot button. Okay. We got it. Tom, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Oh, you're welcome. Now now, native New Yorker,
3: is that something you can click on the census form? Is that a demographic that you to
2: check? <laughs> Not yet. But perhaps <laughs> one day next to the X, you'll be able to do that. <laughs> there you go. Tom, your organization has just been doing amazing work, and you've had some amazing victories over the past two weeks. One of them might seem minor to people, but it's not minor. You, through the Freedom of Information Act, obtained 400 pages of new records, including reports detailing multiple attacks to United States Secret Service members by President Joe Biden's dog. And some of these attacks were serious. There were serious injuries that were covered up by this administration. Now, dog bites man. Really big story. I just urge everyone in this audience to try to imagine what the media would have done if President Donald Trump had a dog that on multiple occasions was attacking and injuring Secret Service personnel and then... His White House covered it up. What do you say about all of this? And why did you go after this, these particular documents? Well, we knew something was up. Uh, you know, we
3: know that when the government starts talking about things and the White House starts talking about things, there's usually more than meets the eye. You know, frankly, that's true from administration to administration. And, uh, you know, we know the Secret Service generally is dysfunctional, so we, we suspected there was something up. And sure enough, there was evidence initially that uh, despite Ken Psaki's uh, comments to the contrary or suggesting otherwise, the dog had bitten, I think, eight people or involved in eight attacks over eight days. And she suggested there was like one incident where the dog was startled and she bit or he bit. And that wasn't the case. This dog was a dangerous dog. He would charge agents. And, uh, you know, anyone who's been bitten by a dog or witnessed a dog attack, you know how traumatic and dangerous that situation is. And these are Secret Service agents charged with protecting the president of the United States and the, and, his, and and uh, Jill Biden and other staff members and people around the White House. And they shouldn't have to worry about being attacked by the protectee's dog. It's it's dangerous. And, of course, what happened is the Secret Service tamps down on any complaints. One agent had a – had a uh, – had his uh, jacket torn. And when you look at the emails back and forth about him trying to get compensated for it, you'd think it's like some sort of alternative universe where he needs to file the right form. He's giving too much information that they were embarrassed about. And finally he says, you know what? I give up the
2: taxpayers shouldn't pay this. The owners of the dog should pay it. Wow. You had something, another story that I think has, deeper implications than many people know, and that is a victory last week in California Superior Court. If, for those that don't know it, one of the amazing things that the uh, veto-proof administration of Gavin Newsom signed into law was an LGBT quota, a racial quota, an ethnic quota for corporate boards of directors. Now on its face that was how in the world can a government tell us how many people of 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 a certain sexual persuasion we have to have one how many how many people of a racial group we no they did it and if it were not for you they might have gotten away with it talk to us about this case and the implications Yeah I mean
3: you're right James I mean you're highlighting the craziness of us having to go to court to argue that it's wrong for uh a state government to require businesses to engage in racial discrimination because whenever you say quota, what you're saying is that for that slot, for those corporate board slots at issue, it means some people can't apply or be considered based on their race or ethnicity or LGBT status. They also have a rule related to gender. So uh, we sued on the gender rule. That's still under consideration, uh, whether that goes up or down. Uh, but in the meantime, this other court ruled uh, summarily and said this is unconstitutional. You're treating people as members as a group, and you're ignoring their individual rights under the California Constitution. And it's a big deal because if if the court had agreed with California, or if a, a, a higher court agrees with California, it's going to be a uh, Katie by the bar the door for other left wing states. who want to blow up our anti-discrimination laws, blow up the Constitution that protects us and gives us the right to be protected equally under the law in favor of this uh, critical race theory, critical theory regime that divides us all by ethnic groups, and we get benefits from the government, and we get hired or fired based on our race and membership and demographics as opposed to our rights as a God-fearing citizen individually of the United States of
2: America. And so the court ruled in your favor last week. What has been the reaction since the ruling came down? Well, you know, the left realizes they got caught, because when they passed this law and signed it
3: into law, Everyone admitted that this is unlikely to survive court scrutiny. So the next step is what we've I'm sure you've probably covered already is that they're getting Wall Street investors, uh, big Wall Street investors to try to mandate corporations make decisions for hiring for corporate corporate boards and other positions uh, based on. Uh, this race and other discriminatory factors. And so that would be illegal, too, for different reasons. No one can, you, know, you can't hire and fire people based on race or sex. But that's not what the left cares about. And they want to blow that up, as I say, because it, it they want to advance their Marxist agenda of undermining individual liberty and freedom and
2: rights. Finally, in the time we have left, I want to point out something to our audience. You know, I hear a lot from Republicans and from conservatives who always bemoan how well organized the left is. I'm one of those people myself, always talking about how how well organized the left is. They have so many redundant organizations. Every time something happens that leftists don't like, you can find an organization that sticks its head up, and they're well-funded, and they're either in court or in the streets. On the Republican side, there are a scant few. We have a few organizations that stand up for the legal rights of Americans, the constitutional rights rights of americans and judicial watch is the most prominent among them but what you're doing isn't free what you're doing costs a lot of money and i'm not begging for funds but i'm saying for people if you have a true interest in making sure that we advance not just a leftist agenda in this country there are organizations like judicial watch that need your support So, Tom, where can people find you, and where can they support Judicial Watch?
3: Well, we're all over the Internet, um, and maybe we'll still be on Twitter if Elon Musk has his way. Uh, But we're (laughs) at JudicialWatch.org, JudicialWatch.org, and I appreciate that good word. I mean, look, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the irony is we're doing some of the most significant civil rights work right now in the country. Right. You know, it's the civil rights of— of tens of millions of Americans that are being under assault in ways that uh, no one no one considered even five years ago. Uh, these are dangerous times for our Constitution and our republic, and we're happy to stand fast with the rule of law. And it shows you even in California you can win. We can't abandon parts of the country to the crazed, out, uh, lawless left. We can't.
2: Well, thank you so much, and thank you for your time again, judicialwatch.org. Tom, we hope to hear from you again in the near future as the victories keep mounting. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Happy Easter. Thank you. Happy Easter to you. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy, we're coming back. We have calls, we have more news. Don't go away. Welcome to the
1: Golden Age of Radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy, is on 77 WABC.
2: Ah, James Golden, A.K.A. Sterling, with you here on WABC. You gotta love this music, right? <laughs> you know, I have a quick question for Bob Brown. You just heard the traffic report. If you're sitting in traffic, we just ask you, hey, chill. Just be cool. You'll get there sooner or later. No road rage, okay? But Bob, I gotta ask you this. Ask away. Okay, it wasn't long ago that people were were were, were predicting the death of New York. And, I mean, you can understand it. You could drive into the city during rush hour. You wouldn't meet much traffic. Some of the streets were deserted. Businesses were closed up. Right now, every traffic report you do, it sounds just like, to me, normal. You got 30 minutes to wait here, 40 minutes to get out by the bridges or the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And are things back to normal here?
1: Yes and no. Uh, the traffic is the same. If anything, it's more because people aren't taking mass transit to work. They don't want to take the subways and the trains. People are working at home. They're not taking the commuter trains. And people feel unsafe to ride the subways. That's why, to answer your question, there are more people on the road. Things are basically still not back to normal. I live in the city here. Uh, The building I go into every day, just like other buildings I worked in over the past couple of years, is still
2: basically empty. So a lot of people are still not coming back to the office, but those people that are coming back into the city are not using mass transit.
1: A lot seem to be because I, you know, I don't commute. I live in the city so I'm not driving back and forth, but I do have a car and I do go out of town occasionally and I see a lot of traffic, but uh, it, it's and I say the same thing. What's all these cars? It's, you know, there's People are staying away from the office, but why is the LIE jammed at 435, you know, like it was, as you say, five years ago? Uh, it's because it's more people are, are not taking mass transit and um, the, um, the rail services. That's the best answer I can give you on that. In addition to many people still working at home.
2: Bob, thanks so much. Absolutely. We appreciate you. All right, let's head to the telephones. Let's start with... Ah, uh, Mark in Staten Island. Mark, welcome. WABC Talk Radio, seventy-seven. You're on with James Golden. Hi, Bo. You're talking about uh, people fomenting hatred yes. in
1: communities. I could tell you mm-hmm. a story. It wasn't uh, black on white, but it was uh, this kid uh, my friend knew.
2: He was oh, you remember when Seinfeld? He had an
1: uncle. Everything was anti-Semitism.
2: Yes, yes,
1: yes. <laughs> it was just like that. You hate me because I'm a Jew. You hate me. You want to throw me in an oven. They kept telling him, we don't hate you, and he kept it up. You hate me, you hate me. Well, by the end of the school year, they
2: did hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? This is amazing because I I said to someone the other day, you know, one of the first things that comes to people's minds, if you are willing to be in that mindset where everything is seen through the prism of race or seen through the prism of gender, is exactly that. You know, you could be in a situation, let's say, I used this example before, your kids are running around the store, and they bump into somebody, and you're not disciplining your kids. So finally, somebody says to you, hey, would you keep your kids under control? Now, if you're a black person, you're going to say, oh my God, who are you? You racist. Well, no, you're not a racist. They're not a racist. You're an idiot. And that's the problem. You don't. Understand you're not, you know, following social custom, but it's easy. It's the easy way out to blame everything on race. And we see that from the Democrat Party almost every single day in some form or another. So appreciate your story, Mark. Let's go to Jacqueline in Brooklyn. How are you, Jacqueline? Good
4: morning, James, I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you.
4: Good. It's a, a nice afternoon. You know, you had mentioned in your monologue um, the fact that uh, the Asian people, the Asian community is being targeted. Um I came to, uh, a book came to my attention. It's called The Race to the Bottom, Uncovering the Secret Forces, Destroying American Public Education. It's written by Luke Rosiak, R-O-S-I-A-K. Oh,
2: yes. I'm familiar with Luke. Yeah. Luke used to write for Daily Caller, among other people. Yeah. Go ahead.
4: then Then you know what I'm about to say. Essentially, it's the public school system. It was their strategy to redefine everything according to race, to pit uh, white people against black people, whiteness versus blackness. And they have redefined whiteness to mean anything that is dominant. So that's how they have reclassified the Asian community as white, because on average, they perform well in schools.
2: And well, there's... Mm, you're no, no, right, no, go, go ahead. ahead.
4: No, no, See, I but would, there's would...
2: also this thing that's going on in the higher education. Now, remember this case that comes up before the Supreme Court, that... It is, uh, I believe, it's at Yale where Asian kids were being denied entrance because they were achieving in numbers that were too great, and so they put a lid on how many Asians they would allow into the school, and that is coming. That is clear discrimination, and that's coming up as well, and that's because of a difference in culture. I, I mentioned Jacqueline when um, being in Englewood, New Jersey, and I would be out in the morning, right. Um, when I had a house in Inglewood. And Saturdays, I'd be out with my my trainer. We'd be, you know, jogging around the neighborhood or whatever. And I would see these school buses on Saturday. I'm like, what's going on? There's no school today. And all these Asian kids were getting into school buses, and they were going to school on Saturday. And they were doing this so that they could be a step ahead of all of the other students in school. They were succeeding. They were working harder than anyone else, and they were succeeding. And I love that. But a lot of people don't like to see other people succeed, and they think there's something wrong with it. I'll give you the the final word on this, Jacqueline.
4: Excuse me. As you said, James, they put in the hard work. And uh, because of that, maybe they are dominating the education system, but they deserve to because of the effort that they put in. But the education system doesn't seem to like that, and they, they, again, pit the races against one another. It just continues to feed the same agenda that we know about, the same narrative over and over.
2: And that is what the Democrat Party is all about. Jacqueline, always love hearing from you. Thank you so much. Let's go to Cleveland. Brian. Brian. How are you this afternoon?
3: How you doing? Good. Hey, I just had a, a quick a fun Rush memory. Uh, when he would give away the iPads and the iPhones, that was some of the most fun radio that I can remember. And there's one one that sticks out in my mind when it was a young. It was a kid. It was a kid. I think he was nine or twelve years old. And he called and he was talking to Rush. And I remember when Rush stopped and he says. If it's okay with your mom and dad, can I send you a new iPad? And right away, the the kid had the answer. To this. They said it's okay, and and you know the rest. You probably, you might even remember that. And it was it was fun. It was great. It was great.
2: You know, Rush was. Let me just say that because you're bringing up something. Rush was so generous. You know, his staff would get iPhones every year, most of most years, from from the very first ones that came out. And Rush loved giving. He had, an, he had a, um, a room that was uh, right in back of the control room of the studio that was what he, his prize closet. And the, that entire room was filled with Apple products because he loved it, and he loved giving them away. Now, on the other hand, I had to deal with the callers. So I would get people all day long. I want an iPhone. I'm, it's like it doesn't work like that. You can't just call in and demand an iPhone. This isn't like your local welfare center for iPhones. He has to want to give it to you. That's part of the joy of it. And so it was fun for the listeners. It wasn't as much fun for me because you had no idea how many people were begging. Once he gave away one, it's like I had to go through so many calls of people just, I want one. I want one. Well, go buy one. But anyway, what a great memory, Brian! I so appreciate that. Thanks so much. Let us go to Leo in the Upper West Side. Leo James Golden, aka Snurly, with you. How are you?
3: Hello, James. This is Leo. Uh, I would I would try to make it fast. Uh, in last six months, two of them was during already already our new mayor. I got basically fight with uh, with uh, with the black homeless people. I'm working at night in Manhattan. The first time there was a guy who was pretending he's blind asking for help, I crossed the avenue and he would try to rob me. Second time. I wanna make a point. Uh somehow the police it's getting like numb. I would call it numb because of the revolving thing. I have a i i got I got attacked in middle of the night, two o'clock like doing delivery up on the uh, on the low income housings. In Harlem, there was a two, uh, a cop car. Okay, Leo, listen.
2: Listen, Leo, we don't have the best phone line here, and I know I'm struggling to hear what you're saying, and I want to hear it. So tell you what, why don't you try to reach us again from a clean, let's see whether we can get a better phone line to you, and if we can, we'll be able to hear your story. But from what I gather, you have been attacked multiple times in this city, and I hope, I hope that none of those attacks have been serious, meaning... That you were injured in a horrible way. And I hope that certainly hope that things improve in this city for people like you who just want to enjoy the best of everything. Gracie, Rockland County. How are you, my Gracie? Welcome to WABC. Gracie, we are going to Gracie
4: to you and and, uh, to my fellow listeners, and blessed Passover also. Listen, Judicial Watch is wonderful. I was just going to say, I'm not sending money anymore to the Republicans. I'm going to send it to Judicial Watch. Why? Because the Republicans have to spend money against the senators, Democratic senators, that are up in this coming November. Wouldn't it be something if we could get a supermajority?
2: Gracie, it would be amazing if, if one of the tidal waves happened and all of a sudden Republicans had a supermajority. But even so, let me just say this, even so, the best that they would be able to do is to stop the Biden administration from committing more and more blunders every day that affect the American people. We have to get another trifecta. We have to reclaim the Congress and also the White House. And we need a president, like we had with Donald Trump, that is unafraid to go after the agenda that benefits America. And this time, if we do get that kind of Republican Congress, we have to hold, I know this is a cliche, I'm so sorry, Hold their feet to the fire. We have to make sure that these Republicans understand that we expect them to support that president, not do what the last Republican House did and Senate, which was to stick a political knife in Donald Trump's back every time they could instead of trying to help him succeed. The amazing thing about President Trump is that he succeeded anyway, despite all of the obstacles that were in his way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, time has flown once again. We are Pennsylvania, we are Connecticut, we are New Jersey, and we are New York, the greatest city in the world. We are all New Yorkers. Of course, we live in the most amazing nation the world has ever beheld. That is our beloved United States of America. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We hope to see you here tomorrow. Remember, Cats at Night is up next. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Come hang out with us. We have a great time every single day. See you tomorrow. Bye.